With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Virtual Cafe. I'm your host, Shagulola Salami. And who have I got in the cafe with me today? Hey, Shagulola. This is Ron Chapman in Atlanta, Georgia. How are you? I'm fab. Well, I'm trying to say I'm fabulous, but I've got a cold. <laughs> it's like this year has not been good. It's like I've never the little human. We've been competing with each other on who can reinfect the other. I mean, a few weeks ago, my voice was completely gone. And, you know, I think it's my voice sounds better, but it's like literally this year has just been cold and flu and just losing my voice and whatnot. But other than that, other than that and lack of sleep, I'm perfect. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Very well, thank you. The sun's out after a night of thunderstorms, and I'm happy to be here to tell you a little bit about what I'm up to in the world, which short story is I'm a transformational guy. I work with organizations, people, professionally, personally, spiritually, and so I've got a couple of practices where I do everything from consulting to coaching and a little bit of therapeutic work. I have a social work uh, master's in social work, and last September, I was really privileged, Sayalola, to to have two books and an audio set all released during the same month, which um, frankly was a little bit much, <laughs> but but uh, I've been on tour across the U.S. since September, February, and um, talking about both books and the audio set and the underlying spiritual psychology and really kind of having the time of my life other than being a little bit sleep deprived. See, when you say you're going on tour, you know, I kind of think like all those musicians that they have their large, you know, luxurious buses and you're going on tour. Is that a kind of tour you had? Uh, well, I didn't have a bus, although that might have been easier. I, uh, I had a, uh, a number of airplane flights and a number of driving trips. I was mostly doing bookstore events and a lot of workshops, mostly on transformational forgiveness. Uh, okay. and some of that was specifically out of the out of the, the audio set, but but I also talked a lot about both fiction books because it was really relevant to a number of the topics that came up. So it was sort of wherever someone was willing to get me an audience, I was willing to go there. Okay, you know what? This sounds interesting. You're in a cafe. You need to drink something. What would you like? <laughs> well, I I think I would like an extra large five shot um, latte, please. You know, I just put my head down because it seems that every single time I have an American, you guys seem to have funky, funky, funky drinks. So what did you call it? An extra, what? Extra large five-shot latte. What's a five-shot uh, latte? I'm embarrassed. Well, that's, when they, that's when they put two or three extra shots of espresso in because uh, when you're sleep deprived, you need the extra caffeine. Ah, right. Okay. You know what I'm just going to do for you? Because this is, you know, I'm even going to pretend that I know, you know, I mean, I don't drink coffee, so I guess that's probably why, because I'm more of a tea person. Uh, well, not even tea. I'm more of a hot chocolate kind of girl. So uh -huh. I'm just going to give you coffee, black coffee, two sugars, no milk. How does that sound? I, I accept the offer. Thank you. Perfect. I've got strawberry cake with chocolate frosting on top. How does that sound as a nice accompaniment? Oh, perfect. Nice compliment to the coffee. <laughs> 
I've like the other time was like, oh, can I have a chai tea? And I'm like, look, I only drink hot chocolate. I don't know all these fancy things that you guys are asking about. And I think I really need to get a proper assistant because the little human, she's a nursery now, so she's not even here to help with the orders. And I need to get someone you know, who's really up and you know up and up with all these fancy drinks and stuff that goes on in a in a cafe. But you know, be that as it may. Before, hopefully the you know before the, the 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 show's over, the little human will be back and she can get your drinks for you. <laughs> so I'm actually quite interested though. So we'll come back either about transformational transformational what? Yes. Well, uh, sort of trans well transformational work pretty much across the board. I work with uh, institutions and organizations to change their paradigm. I work with individuals professionally related to their career and their development, and I work with individuals who are stuck in their lives and trying to figure out how to get loose. And so I talk a lot about um, a Greek notion called metanoia, which is the, the transformation that, that takes place in our hearts, not in our heads, and that's the stuff that changes lives. Mm. I know. It's very yeah. interesting. But in fact, like, how does what you do differ to, say, a life coach? I have a much stronger psychological um, background and underpinning. And so oftentimes, rather than just working through a career path problem uh, or a workplace problem, we oftentimes end up looking at underlying life pattern problems. Okay. Uh, Oftentimes taking them, you know, honestly, people sometimes they come and they say, well, I just want to work on this one thing. And it's like, good luck. I mean, it's all related. You can't, you can't separate your relationship from your, from your little human, from your relationship to anybody else. Cause you're one person, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So then I'm just quite curious though, you know, like how you've been doing your tour yeah. Um, did you find that expensive, or did you have a sponsor? Uh, it was it was a mixture. In some cases, my hosts were paying for my transportation. Oh. In, other, in other cases, my hosts were uh, guaranteeing enough at the at the door that I knew at least my costs would be covered. And in some cases, it was just as a social worker, I, I like the idea of the sliding scale, and so mm -hmm. if. If there's good work to be done and it's going to cost me, then I do that with some frequency because there's important work to be done in the world. Yes, yes. But, you know, it's quite interesting, you know, um, that you had hosts who could do. How did you manage that? Because, you know, there are lots of authors out there, um, and especially when they're just starting out, and to get hosts to be interested enough to want to pay, you know, towards their transportation costs, or to um, sort of guarantee a minimum number of, I mean, I know it is possible, but, you know, most times people would struggle to get that. You know, how did you manage? What was it? How did you, you know, did you, did you have to kill anybody and bury anybody? <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny you should say that. My mentor sometimes when I'm stressed out will say, Ron, let me know if you're planning on body disposal because that's not a good sign. So, um <laughs> It's actually, again, it's it's an interesting mix. Um, in a lot of cases, what I needed to do was to use what I broadly would refer to as my my allies, my ambassadors, my first yeah. best supporters, people yeah. who've been working with me for long periods of time and who are willing to go to churches, community organizations, um, pretty much anybody who's interested in transformational work. And yeah. they kind of open the door for me and... and um, 
in many instances, they're able to make terms that work really well. And then at some point they connect me with the people on the other end. Uh, I've also had an extraordinarily good, I, I'm supposed to call her my manager. Uh, her name is Monique, uh, Monique Inge. And I'm supposed to call her, call her my manager, but you know, the honest truth is she's my handler. <laughs> <laughs> She uh, she uh, she sends me notes and says, Ron, don't forget to do this. And by the way, how many books are you taking? And don't forget about that. And so she's uh, if you if, for those who, who of your listeners who may have happened to have seen uh, Sex in the City, the movie. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker had Jennifer Hudson as her as her handler. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like they take care of anything and everything. And I'm so grateful to have Monique because she keeps me out of a lot of trouble. I need a Monique in my life. Yeah, you do. I really do need a Monique. But I can't seem to find any in London or in the UK. Well, you know, when I send you, when I send you my, uh, my uh, information after this, a uh, little bit more of what you need, I'll connect you to Monique. Maybe she can do it virtually. Okay, I need, I need, I need a handler. This sounds really, it sounds very, um, what they call very CSI. You know what? Here's my government handler. <laughs> I'm right. I'm right with you. When I, when I first, when I first figured out there were such people in the world, and it's more than just a virtual assistant. Here's the difference. I this is like so interesting. Mm. There are people who can do what you ask them to do. Yeah. And then there are people like Monique. Who, who is able to tell me what needs to be done. So when I come to her and say, we've got whatever, mm -hmm. uh, an event, she will actually sit down, figure it out for me, and come back and tell me what I need to do to be prepared. So she's not dependent on me telling her what I need to do, because frankly, I don't know quite often. <laughs> so, so she, uh, and I keep telling her, she, she laughs. I say, well, you know, you're the boss of me, and she will, she'll kind of She'll kind of chuckle and, and then she'll tell me what to do. So so she really is she really is the boss of me. Oh, that's nice. Sounds like you've got a very good relationship um, with her. Um, okay, so now tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Interesting. Tell me about your books. How many books do you have? Is that three so far? Well, I've got four books, uh, four books in print and two audio sets. And okay. um, the first two books uh, date back. My first book came out in 2004 called What a Wonderful World. And it was a, a secular collection. It's a workbook of secular ideas that, that prod people to, to think more deeply about, about things in their lives. And then in 2008, um, Ozark Mountain Publishing, who's my uh, nonfiction publisher uh, in Arkansas, U.S., they, uh, uh, they agreed to publish a spiritual set of contemplations in a workbook format called Seeing True, 90 Contemplations in 90 Days. Yeah. And then in the middle of all this, I, I had an epiphany, one of those moments. I'm 60 now, so this would have been when I was about, I don't know, early 50s. And I had a realization that there were two stories that I absolutely positively had to tell before this life was over. Mm. And... Um, one of those was called A Killer's Grace, which was uh, published on my own, um, my own press in 2012, which is the, the story of the, the transformation of a, um, a situation with a serial killer based on a real-life interaction I had with a serial killer. Ooh! Yeah, we can, we can spend some time. a serial killer? I, as a matter of fact, yeah, I, uh, it was a, it, it a life-changing experience because he helped me understand uh, 
what what happened inside of him. Mm-hmm. And by the time all was done and said, it opened up a well of empathy within me uh, that has carried me forward to this day. And so he gave me permission to, as long as I never disclosed who he was, he gave me permission to, um, uh, to use any of his written materials. And so I use a letter that he wrote as the fuel for this fictional transformation tale. And uh, it did really well. I got some, uh, I mean, one of my reviewers said it was a, it was, it was a work of art, mm. which I was really pleased about because uh, the, the characters and the setting and, and the f- underlying philosophy. Uh, so that was book number three. And then I was sort of working on book number four and, and I was doing a transformational workshop one day and somebody came up and said, I need a, I need a, I need a CD set of your breath work. I, I use breath work meditations as part of transformation. And, <laughs> so well, damn! I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get a CD together. So I got derailed for a little while to release an audio set called uh, "Breathing, Releasing, and Breaking Through." It's like a workshop in a box. Yeah. And uh, uh, Ozark Mountain was uh, happy to put that out for me too. And then I came back around, and I was I was getting ready to put a book called "My Name Is Wonder," which mm-hmm. is the story of a goat on a spiritual quest with his spirit guide, a crow named. Yeah crack. Uh, yeah, I know. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an adult and or um, uh, teen um, allegory. And, yeah. and, and, and I was getting, I mean, I had it all prepared, had it pretty well laid out. And then the, the, the craziest thing happened, a publisher, Terra Nova came across a killer's grace. Yeah. And uh, from the, from the 2012 edition, the first edition, and they said, this thing is, this thing is really, really great. We would like to take it to market for you as a second edition. And I said, well, that's wonderful. And I happened to mention on the phone one day that I had another novel. And they said, well, let's do that one too. And so in 2016, they brought uh, both A Killer's Grace second edition and My Name is Wonder to market at the same time. And in the middle of that, my uh, nonfiction publisher, Ozark Mountain, uh, decided they would use uh, some audio material I had about um, psycho-spiritual transformation, and they would release another one of my audio sets called The Way of Spirit. And mm-hmm. so all of a sudden, in March of last year, almost almost a year ago, I had uh, both publishers ready to roll with two books and an audio set, and it's been a little bit crazy ever since. I'm just <laughs> To get to get a publisher, you know, with, with two or two publishers, what exactly was it that you did? Are you sure you didn't bury anybody somewhere? <laughs> no, no, but but uh, you know, credit where credits due. A, a, a good friend of mine in New Mexico, where I used to live before I moved to Atlanta, a good friend of mine in New Mexico, uh, the 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 fiction publisher is in Santa Fe. And a good friend of mine knew somebody and said, you know what, this guy has written this really exceptional book and you really need to take a look at it. Uh, so yeah. you know, credit to the people who opened doors for us. It's a, it's a fool's game in the publishing world to think we can do it on our own. I mean, we need relationships and people who are, who are willing to go to bat for us. And uh, yeah. so she, uh, she dropped it on them. And um, the, uh, let's see, the editor read it and then he had the publisher read it and then they had their marketing person read it and um they decided it was it was in fact a really high quality product to bring to the marketplace and so um 
I would love to tell you that I magically figured out how to crack the publishing world, but but Segulola, that would be a lie. <laughs> I was like, that's just not true. It, uh, it, okay. it came to me. Right, okay. So when they contacted you, um, at least um, the one for A Killer's Grace, um, do you mind sharing with us what they offered you? What was it that made you say yes? Um, what I was really happy about was the fact that they were offering me really good distribution. Okay. Which, one of the challenges for anybody who publishes on their own label uh, or anybody who goes down the so-called self-publishing route, one of the real yeah. challenges we run into is the distribution problem. And, uh, and so when they told me that they had a full-scale distribution um, and, then, and then when they told me they would help me with a rewrite so that I could gussy it up even more, um, I, was, I was sold right there because I didn't feel like as much as I got great reviews and a, you know, a, a moderate number of sales with the first release, I just didn't feel like it got the attention that was warranted. And so mm -hmm. I, um, I, uh, I was happy to have someone go to bat for it. Yeah. So, no, great question, just so that I'm on the same page as you. The first edition, where did you distribute it through? Oh, I went through, um, I went through uh, Amazon as my primary outlet, and I used uh, okay. an, outfit, an outfit called Book Baby, uh, who helped me get it mm -hmm. into, into um, other distribution. And, I mean, that was a good experience. I don't have any complaints. Yeah. I just know that it didn't have it didn't have the traction in it that I was looking for. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yes. Okay. That's that's fine. Um, because again, the a number of authors, um, you know, that I've come across, you know, some people they go via Smashwords, some use Lulu, is it Lulu or Lulu? I think it's Lulu, and some use um, Draft to Digital, and you know, all these oh. places greater um, distribution and then some people they go on straight and they use lightning source um, so that's why I was sort of for um, concern I was I, I was trying to understand what you meant about distribution so the publisher where did they distribute you did they distribute it via Ingram spark for you or how how did they go forward yeah, uh, they, they handed it off to a distributor who put it into the Ingram network and also uh, did their magic thing and got it into the Barnes and Noble network uh, and as I understand it, the way the distribution system works is that in addition to having those in, and let's see, what's, what's the other one, Lord and Baker? Um, yeah. That they are also um, in the mass distribution on. And so I, with their help, what I was able to do was, of course, get the saturation from Amazon and from uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, yeah. But more importantly, I was able, as a result of the distributor's access into the larger distributional network, to ensure that that any bookstore anywhere could get their hands upon it. And then they also, um, they, yeah. I was really tickled. They came back and they said, you know, we're we're really convinced that there's a European market for this. And so they have they have been shopping it around Germany for me uh, to see if okay. they can get me a, a, a European publisher. Um, or European distribution, I guess, to be exactly correct. So, okay. uh, you know, they were, I, I guess, like I said before, I mean, there's just no substitute for having people who are, who are willing to go to bat for us because they, they love what we do and they appreciate what we're up to. Yes, yes. Okay. So um, how was your marketing 
prior to them coming on board and how did that differ when they came on board? What did they do over and above what you've done? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, now, they were very clear with me on the front end, and this is pretty common unless you happen to be a big name author that people are going to... Yeah. Uh, that a publisher is going to invest a substantial substantial marketing uh, effort for you. They were pretty honest with me on the front end that they said yeah. uh, one of the reasons they were taking me on was they knew that I already had an existing network and yeah. they represent themselves as being the marketer. Um, they yeah. acknowledged that they would they would do a number of things for me, uh, but but that I really needed to be clear that 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 it was it was on me. They'd get me into distribution. They'd do a number of things. They actually just um, just last month did a um, put it in the New York Review of Books, uh, which I really appreciated. That's very very um, extensive reach. So there's some mm. things they've done. Uh, they hooked me up with their marketing company uh, for mm. mostly. Well, there there have been two pieces there. One has been, of course, social media presence, uh, and yeah. then the you know blog tours and we're working on interviews such as such as this one right now uh, and and also trying to tap a couple of larger national outlets which would really make all the difference in the world and then the other thing that I that I did this was all very serendipitous is my daughter and son-in-law uh, were in the they were just getting ready to start up their own marketing business and they needed a signature client yeah and so uh, they have brought me a tremendous amount of youthful marketing savvy that I just didn't have, to be really honest. So they've, yeah. they've helped me um, repackage my websites because I have multiple websites, uh, mm -hmm. my, my blogging presence, my, uh, my video presence, my YouTube channel, yeah. all those yeah. things they've helped me build so that I can, I can get better reach for any of the things that I'm doing. Yeah. Okay, that, that sounds that sounds that sounds quite um, amazing. Um, okay, so yeah, so what is what is your one word of wisdom that you're going to share with everybody today? Well, let's see. You want me to talk about it from the standpoint of a guy who managed to get a pretty cool publishing deal, or do you want me to talk about it from an author's point of view or a transformational guy? You get to pick. You know what? Go for go for all three. <laughs> okay, uh, so the, the one, if for those of your listeners who are really looking to figure out how to get um, publishing traction, distribution traction, um, as much as many many authors uh, don't want to do that work, if if you don't get somebody who can carry the water for you, um, it's going to be very hard, and um, it, you need allies. It's just absolutely vital. And if you're an author who's either mulling over your writing or not even wondering about uh, publication or distribution yet, uh, I would say that you, you need to be true and right to your heart. Um, if there's one thing that's come clear to me, Segulola, is, is that when people talk with me in workshops or signings or whatever I'm doing, uh, what they're looking for is, is, is authenticity and vulnerability. Yeah. And so if I'm not if I'm not writing from my heart, I'm I'm actually setting myself up to be unable to quote unquote close the deal with what it is I care so much about. Yeah. And then if I were to talk about this from the core of my work with this trans which is transformational in nature, um, I would say to your listeners and wherever this may go in this big wide world, um, if you're stuck, 
you need to stop looking for the solution and start looking for how it is you're stuck. And that's true. That's true about whether you're spiritually stuck, professionally stuck, relationally, romance stuck. Um, One of the great, great secrets for more than 30 years practicing in this in this arena is if you can ever get a look at how you're stuck, you will find a solution. But um, most of us don't want to look at that stuff because it's not comfortable. So that's true, though, because if you don't know where you're stuck, then you're just pulling, you know, straws and you're not making progress. That's exactly right. Okay, so I was going to ask you something else now, which I've totally forgotten. And, you know, you can blame it on my cold. Hopefully my voice doesn't sound too bad today. I hope you sound great. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, let me see. I was going to ask you something else, but you know what? My cold brain, baby brain, they've, they've all they've all gone, 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 poots now. Oh, yes. So which do you prefer, self-publishing or working with a publisher? I think I know what you're going to go for, but okay, let's just hear it. <laughs> oh, that is that is such an interesting question, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to parse it just a little bit. I loved the process of running my own material through Create Space and actually mm-hmm. reviewing the design work. And, you know, there, there's this thing about, let, let's call it craft work, that a lot of us don't get a chance to do anymore, where, you know, you write the words, you, you, you create the manuscript, you, you get it bound, you get a cover. There's something just extraordinarily beautiful about holding that book in your hands and going, I did this from start to finish. Exactly. I know, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just beautiful. But... But, you know, the nice thing about having some really good professional support, both publishers and marketers and handlers and all of that is, um, and I think this is a blind spot for a lot of us, uh, to be really honest, is it, it, there's a lot of stuff we don't know how to do. Yeah. Um, and, and most of us are, I don't know, self-sufficient or self-accomplished enough that we, we think we can, we can fumble our way through and we'll either save some money or save some time or something. And if there's one big learning for me about, about having these professionals help is they know how to do stuff that I don't know how to do, Segulola, and that has been, that has been so very helpful. Um, so so I, I guess the craft person in me loves the, the, self, you know, the, the self-published route, and, and the practical person who knows he needs help sure does appreciate all the expertise that's out there. Sure, sure. Will you, will you offer it anything? Because, again, a lot of times when people think of publishers, they always think of this nice big check in the post that all your huge royalties um, upfront. Is that a myth now? Is, you know, does that still happen? <laughs> well, you know, I guess, I mean, if, if you're already well-known, you can probably get a big check. Uh, big check. I just saw that uh, Barack and Michelle Obama got something like $60 million biographies. And you go, okay, well, okay, that's a big number. Um, and, and of course, if you really write something which is off the charts, extraordinary. And I think the challenge, though, is that um, it, if you don't easily fit into a genre, yeah, um, it's very difficult to make a case for yourself. Um, and so there's a conundrum in here. If you really be true to your own writing, if you're an author and you want to be true to your own writing, you're going to face the conundrum of writing true to your form, true to your heart, which is critical, I think. Um, yeah. and, and if it doesn't happen to fit a genre, if they don't know what to do with you, you're going to have a marketing challenge. And so, well, sales challenge, really. And so um, getting a little bit of help uh, to help you shape your content and, and your pitch, if you will, 
so that you can also, with regard to a publisher or a distributor or anybody else, have um, you know something that is that is accessible to people so they know what to do with you. Yeah. That does make it a lot easier. Um, now, I, I I just have to say that I have stayed I have stayed very true to my transformational work, and the, the the I still have challenges trying to get people to understand what I do and how these are all related because they're all very very um, dissimilar. Yeah. Uh, but that's a that's a very conscious choice I've made that that serves me well in terms of artistic integrity, if that's if that's the right way to say it. Yeah. Okay, fabulous. Well, it's been absolutely fantastic having you, you know, in the virtual cafe and chatting with you. Um, if people wanted to contact you or check out, you know, your website or anything that you do, how do they get in touch with you? Sure. Well, a couple of things they can do. If they want to know sort of the whole story on me, they can go to ronaldchapman.com. That's ronaldchapman.com. If they'd like to see a lot of my content, I've got a tremendous amount of free content out there at seeingtrue.com. Uh, so it kind of depends on what one of your listeners might want to look at and um, information about me on the first and a whole lot of interesting content about transformation in the second. Okay, so ronaldchapman.com, then seeingthrue.com. Seeingtrue.com, T-R-U-E. Ah, yes. Uh, right, true. Okay, and then are you on Twitter? What's your Twitter handle? I am at seeing underscore true. S E E I N G underscore T R U E. Right, perfect. Okay. Well, it's been an absolute. Um, what was I saying? Sorry, but I got I got distracted by colors. You know when your nose tickles you for a second and you say oh. something you're like, <laughs> you try not to go. And I just did that. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just need you just need some good chamomile tea or something like that. I think. Yes, what I did is to just stay in bed. The little human, she woke up at four o'clock. No, actually, I woke up at four. I don't know if she buzzed me or whatever, but I did. I just woke up at four o'clock, turned on because we co-sleep together. Um, yep. Four o'clock, I don't know what it was that woke me up. I woke up, I took my phone uh, from under the pillow, checked the time, and she was up. And I'm like, why are you up? And so I just turned on <laughs> back, and I just pretended that I was going back to sleep. Then I think... Next thing again, I sort of felt bumps, and I woke up again, and she was there tapping me, and I'm like, what is it? And she goes, hungry. She was like, yes, we want to eat. I was like, okay, what do you want? And she goes, yogurt. <laughs> like, seriously, who wakes up at 5 o'clock? <laughs> you eat, right? How old, how old is she? She's two. Oh, yeah, well, good luck trying to get her to behave with, uh, with anything on your schedule. I mean, it's just she's going to have her way with you, said Yolola. I know, so I was like, seriously. <laughs> okay, you know what? Right, let's go. And she almost had, I don't even know how much yogurt she had, but she had a lot of yogurt. And you would think she was starving that I don't feed her with the amount of food she had at 5 o'clock this morning. I was like, okay, right, can we go to bed now? And she decided, no, she was not going to bed now. And she wanted to play on her Kindle, right? She was wide awake. So I was like, you know what? Here is your Kindle. Play with it to your heart's content, right? But then the noise, and then she'll be tapping me and she wanted me. I was like, sorry. And I'm turning over and I'm turning over. And she was like, so the thing was there for like three hours. And I got to that point where I just took it and I just flung it across the room because, you know, there was just so much I can listen to. To what was it that she was playing? Um, Peppa Pig. 
seriously. Seriously, that Peppa Pig. Pig, right? Seriously. Peppa Pig at 5 o'clock in the morning till 8 a.m. Well, you know, she's just laying down the track so that someday when she demonstrates she's you're, you're not the boss of her, that she's taught you how to behave appropriately. So she's she's already doing behavioral modification with you. <laughs> so, yes, that, that's basically me. So we woke up, you know, I flung it away and I said, bed now. So we had to then sleep. I think we got like three hours sleep until 11. Then we woke up and I was like, okay, I will, I will manage three hours sleep. That's not, that's not too bad. But, yes, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Um, and I hope, you know, things go well for you for the future. And hopefully at some point, in, oh, yes, you're coming back again, aren't you? I am. I'm going to be, be back with you in a few months. And we're actually going to talk about one or both books. You're going to get to choose. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, I let you go, and I'm going to go and grab a drink and try to see if I can sort out my sore throat, and we'll speak to you soon again. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Thank you. soon. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, then. Bye now. Okay, bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.